all you beautiful people and welcome back to In The Mix. My name is Nick Hansen. Alongside me, I have Isaac Goldblatt. Howdy. How you doing? I'm doing great. What a special week it was up there. It was very special uh, to have uh, Maple Hill followed right after GMC while we have the, the fall and autumn changing. Being up in uh, the nature has been very magical. Yeah, that part of the country this time of year is... Something you need to see if you haven't been yourself, highly recommend. And then, you know, while you're up there, play the courses. Um, there's a great list of courses you can play, not only the ones we played, but also ones close like Pyramid and a handful of others. In yeah, the 501, that's a very good one up in the, the Massachusetts area. But uh, heading into this event, uh, we have uh, the Maple Hill Open and MVP and this is a playoff, the second playoff after GMC. People are battling for toy, tour points and to get on the all-star card. Uh, it's a close battle in the, the top between uh, Paul and Ricky. So I know that's going to come down to some, some final strokes down here in MVP. Yeah, depending on the finish, it'll really, it'll really shake up the top four in that all-star card that they're going to announce at the end of this event. Um, kicking it off on day one, the men's round actually got canceled. So the men will play a three-round tournament without a cut, and the women uh, will play a four-round event um, with a cut. Correct. Correct. And that uh, that first day, which was it was a Thursday, it was kind of it was brutal. Anybody who was up there, it was raging thunderstorms back and forth. The women had to have multiple time delays for lightning strikes, and it was definitely a battle for the ladies. Luckily, it was a day for us to catch up on our work, but having to see those ladies battle it out, having a full four days, it's it was something else. Yeah, so let's kick it off with the men, starting with their round one, which was actually on Friday. Um, and coming into this event... Um you know, it's this is a course that uh, anyone can really do well at if they're like commanding their disc well, I would say, um, and making good putts. So, getting into it, our first um, day, the uh, leader came out as Raven Newsom, shooting a 1064 five under par there. Yeah, no surprise to see Raven coming out swinging. Uh, this is a course that he does well. Last year, uh, we got to see that, that bow and arrow shooting in circle twos uh, left and right. So to see him doing well right after he, he had uh, some some injury problems, it's, it's exciting to see round one swinging. Yeah, that first round, he definitely had some putts that were uh, arrow-worthy, I would say. Oh, yeah, and, uh, and if anyone saw that one on... Uh, 15 and it kind of did a little trickling and it, it it was very fun to see but it may not have been aimed right at the basket yeah that was uh that was a good one that just kind of hit fell and then dropped right in yeah that was a really good one when you have those things going right during rounds that you're playing well it's just, just it like, makes it so much better you're like, like well i can't stop it here it is i'm on fire i'm making them when they're in or making them when they're on and i'm making them when i miss a little so that's always uh, an exciting round to have. Following it up is um, Linus and Corey Ellis with a 10.57 4 under par. And then we have a, quite a few tied at 3 under par uh, with a 10.50 round on the first day. Of Paul McBeth, Jeremy Colling, Benjamin Calloway, um, Jason Hebenheimer, Drew Gibson, Gannon Burr, and Kyle Klein. I want to correct you real quick. That's a Jake Hebenheimer. Jake Hebenheimer is a v- excellent 
player out there. He's been making the lead cards and making our chase card a bit more. He he was part of the million dollar ace challenge and has a great accu distance is what that was paired to and so it's it's sick to see him up at the top yeah i'm not sure why i called him jason there i don't think we really even have any jasons on the tour that are up no the, i don't know a jason no nah. so sorry jake there but uh congratulations on your first run at three under par the hardest hole for the first day was hole six playing at 0.77 over par what do you think of that i'm not surprised whatsoever hole six especially from the golds is a difficult position where you really, it's about that tee off the tee because it's a it's a long kind of downhill shot. You have OB on your right, very narrow and tight. That if it bounces quick, you're out. And if you fade out too hard, you could end up in the water left OB as well. So you got to get a nice straight shot, and then your approach is up up around those trees. So it's it's very easy to get tied up. Yeah, I would say it's one of the harder holes to uh, get your birdie from inside the circle. You can get around that corner and have a circle two putt if you're on the inside. Or if you go a little long left, you can also get a circle two putt. Um, quick shout out for hole one in that first round. Jeremy Colling and Albert Tam were the only birdies on hole one. Hole one is always playing as a more difficult hole on the course. And to get a birdie on that tough green, it's very impressive, I would say. For sure. Uh, let's kick it over to round two. Round two, uh, battling out here at uh, Maple Hill. Um, Corey Ellis is going to come in hot with an, an eight down. Uh, that's going to be a, a 1078. It's impressive to see Corey coming in and really dominating these woods. I feel like the woods game is his territory where he can define his easier putter shots and then maximize his birdie opportunities by putting in all those putts. Yeah, he's one of the best putters on tour. And he also can throw a great standstill, which I feel comes into play here quite often if you get off the woods mm -hmm. um, to have that power and accuracy with the uh, standstill from him. Very helpful, especially, I would say, on some of the longer holes where if you get like an early kick right, most of the time you're going to be in a standstill when you get off on the woods here. Yeah, Maple Hill is not your open course. It is not a ball golf course. You have... Lots of trees, different elevation changes, and weird uh, footing. So having that standstill and that being able to move the disc through the woods as he's able to is definitely a uh, advantage. So after Corey, we have uh, Gannon Burr and Linus. Gannon with the six down and Linus with the five. Uh, following is going to be Thomas Gilbert. On our chase card would be Benjamin Calloway, Matt Bell, the local Simon Lazat and Vino Makala. Yeah, Simon shot an eight down to jump, I don't know, 30 or so spots. He was at two over after the first day. Yeah, after the first day, shooting a two over and then showing what you're really worth the second day. He came back uh, to fight to get to chase card. And no surprise here, hole six, once again, playing as the hardest hole in the course. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to change a, a day. Uh, Hole six is probably the hardest hole, followed by hole seven. It's kind of brutal that they go six, seven, eight. Uh, those are some of the hardest holes if you're not uh, getting it on the green and getting straight shots. So moving into the final day, we have a grouping at the top of scores that are very close to each other, and then Corey with a short lead of three strokes, which at this course can be gone in a matter of holes, or it can be extended in that same amount of holes. 
most holes here you can birdie, but you also have the chance to double bogey on some of them. Yeah, it was very... There was a lot of energy that 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 last day to see uh, Paul and Ricky were on the the third card with two locals, uh, Dylan Capicoli and uh, Casey White. So that was a hot card to follow. Paul was making a run, and at one point, I know we were probably only on hole eleven, and he was pushing for first, and so it was anybody's game. Yeah, Paul actually ended up matching the hot round from day two of eight under par. Um, to push, like you said, into the lead for a while and give not only chase card, but lead card a run. Definitely a run. Um, as we finish out the day, Simon Lazat is the story here. He's the main reason. Um, the excitement was there, I would say, on that last day. At oh, the end so for much. sure. Simon uh, finished at a, a 16 down and had lead card to, to, to follow. Only two strokes back and two two holes to play. So Linus and Corey only had to get birdies on, they end up getting birdies on 17, having to fight on 18, and and, and Simon's favor, it did not work out. Yeah, with both players tied with, with Simon going into hole 18, um, they both, well, one struggled off the tee, Corey got out very well, it was a very impressive tee shot, he followed it up with a shot that did go OB, unfortunately. Um, throwing from the out of bounds since he did not cross the drop zone. And so in that case, he wouldn't go to the drop zone. He actually hit off the bucket for his par save, yeah, which would have tied them and sent them into a playoff. Yeah, that was an incredible run. Everybody just chomping at the bit, biting their teeth, just watching that. And it just clinked right off. Um, with the third round, the hardest hole was hole six again. Uh, each round, it did get a little easier, but it was still at 0.48 over par. Um, so congratulations to our winner. Congratulations to the MPO field in general. A very tough course and to get through. And, you know, with the amount of scores we had under par, it was incredible to watch. It was a good event. And it was an exciting chase card win to end the DGTP playoffs. Uh, an incredible chase card win we've been hunting one for way too long so if you haven't seen that make sure you check out that that back nine on gatekeeper media uh i would also like to shout out to the winners of the all-star card is that correct Mm -hmm. uh the four people on there were calvin heinberg gannon burr paul Macbeth, and ricky wysocki um, no surprise there to see those four at the top of the list. Uh, Gannon has had an incredible season as a young gun. Paul Macbeth is, you know, Paul Macbeth. Calvin has been playing very well. I could see him doing well at the next events, um, USDTC, or even the um, match play championship at the end of the year. Um, but the Paul and Ricky was... Ricky uh, battle for that was actually determined by one of the last putts. So a year, you know, came down to the last event and some of the last putts. So it really makes for good content for us. And I'm excited to see these battles continue through the rest of the year and into next year. Oh, for sure. To, to see all these players feeling ex- as excited as they are and to see uh, the the kid, as some people put it, Gannon really coming in hot at such a young age. It's it's exciting to see where 
it'll battle too. Ricky even knowing that he was in first and took it down, but he's like this he's gotta really savor these moments because the the competition is getting more tough. They are. Uh shout out to Alden Harris and Tristan Tanner. They are aced hole five in the last round. Um, both, I think, sidearm shots over the water. Oh, yeah, that's a, an iconic ace. Uh, we got an ace last year with Calvin Heinberg, and so that's it's an amazing ace to get, uh, but I'd say it's a, it's a more common one at Maple Hill. Yeah. Uh, Simon Lazat actually hit the um the, the bottom base. of the base, yeah, with a the turnover. With a turnover, which yeah. is very incredible in yeah. my mind. He's, um, he's got some moves. It's being able to, that's, that's really being able to trust your disc over the water there. Oh, for sure. So, um, player stats for all the weekend. T to green uh, gained was won by Ricky Wysocki. Um, gained putting was Paul Macbeth. Gained putting inside Circle 1X, uh, no surprise here, was Andrew Marwee. Every week. And then a uh, newcomer to the list, actually, uh, gained in Circle 2 was uh, Jared Hill. Congrats, Jared. So, good to see you up there and uh, shout out. Great putting from Circle 2. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the women, though. Um, the main storyline here, I would say, is Kristen Tatar going to, you know, win another event. Yeah, continue that dominance. Um, or, or is someone else going to, you know, really give her a run? Yeah, this has been known to be Paige's uh, stopping ground. Uh, Sarah Holcomb also does very well up in these woods. She's uh, She's been a winner of the MVP Open before. Uh, it'd be, it's very exciting to see where these women will place up in the, the, the rankings. Uh, unlike the men, there was a four day tournament for them. They started through the brutal weather. Uh, they had, like I said, multiple lightning delays. So women will be coming literally on the field, off the field, on the field, having to wait. And after round one, we had a cat merch in the lead with a, a two down, which is a, a what is that? A 1,000, 10, 10, seven rated. 10, seven rated round. Yeah. Um, like we talked about on the last episode, these women are throwing more and more thousand rated rounds all the time. And it's so impressive. Two down out there is a very good score. Kristen Tatar though, no surprise right behind her at plus one. Um, so to see them at the top right away, I would say cat, <laughs> has been you know playing a lot better uh cat merch that is um so to see her up there in first place is not a surprise to me um, no it's not a surprise either i think it'll be more concurrent to see her up at the top yeah and you know kristen at this point we expect her to be within the top three you know for most of the event at this point with how she's played this year so far i mean she is unmatched confidence and then at uh, plus one, we have Paige Pierce, Sarah Holcomb, Madison Walker, um, Valerie Mondehandu, and Ella Hansen. So congratulations there to a good first round out of them in what were very brutal conditions. I think I saw a post from somebody saying in total time, their round ended up being nine hours um, from the women. So yeah. that's hard to just stay in it mentally, I would say, for that first day. For sure. Um, hole one was the hardest hole in the course, and the only birdie came from Kristen, to Tr- Kristen Tatar. Yeah, she's got a drive that's able to get over that water. Uh, I think it's at least 450 feet or 400 feet to the edge of the, the water, so she sets up her shot probably pretty well, way ahead of most of the women. And we actually, on the first day, had no birdies on hole 16 and or hole 13. Um, for our conditions, not really surprised there. I'm not say. surprised at uh, 
out of that at all. Those conditions were too tough to to even handle. So glad that they were able to move past that and move on to round two. Round two leaders um, come in at four over total. Kristen Tatar and Paige Pierce. Um, at five over, we have Missy Valdez, Ella Hansen, and Missy Gannon. Yeah, after that, at plus seven, we're going to have Rebecca Cox, Deanne Carey, and Kat Merch. Followed at a plus eight is a Natalie Ryan, Hannah Blumroos, and Valerie Mondahano. The, the second day, I'd say, was a, a better representation of where the field was lying. Uh, the, the conditions weren't as bad. They weren't definitely better as the, the conditions got better as the tournament went on. Um, and to see Kristen and Paige is more of the battle that I, I would have expected to see. Uh, Paige is known to do well here, and she's going to show up. And I would say we haven't really seen these two battle since Champions Cup. Would you agree with that? No, I would agree that it's usually one or the other that's showing up, and it's I think it's overall been Kristen's year. So Paige has to really make a moves on Kristen early. So the hardest hole, again, hole one for them, uh, no surprise there, played actually as 1.21 over par. So a whole stroke and almost a quarter over par. Um. Yeah, the only birdie pretty, was that was that's pretty um it's pretty ridiculous to see is um it does play as a par 5 for the women, correct? I don't know if it plays as a par 5. I would believe so, but I I cannot tell you until I look it up. Either way, holes playing at over a whole stroke over par is pretty ridiculous even for the FPO field. Um but on that day, the wind did change, and coming in on day two, there was a significant headwind there. So with that pond being there, you're more of a right or left. We're going to have to go instead of being able to go over it like you know some of them are able to. For sure. And it's lucky that we have these great volunteers that are working. It's been said that we had the best uh, spotters any year of the tournament. Uh, there's also a, a few divers, one in particular that's in there with a wetsuit, getting everybody's disc. Um, MVP, they, the Maple Hill has changed up their shop and they've really gotten working on their lost and found. And it's, it's incredible to see all those discs brought up and to see how many people actually put it in the drink. Yeah, I think when we first stepped in the shop that first day, there was maybe one stack out front. Mm -hmm. And by the end, when we left, there was probably 12 stacks. Maybe uh, at more. least 12 stacks that were just fresh. There probably, was probably like some. 15 to 20 discs per stack. Oh, yeah. Easy. Um, so we did check. It was actually a par four. So it was playing as a par five on that day, too. Mm -hmm. um, uh, one thing to note is the only birdie came by Henna. And she also had solo birdies on that day on 18 and 16. So for the round, she had three solo birdies. Pretty impressive. So I'm going to give her a little round Big of applause. That's in, that's, I'd say that's, that that's, that's when Henna's uh, putting is, was really starting to warm up. When she is on, she's probably one of the top top five putters in the FPO field. But it's it's seen that it's, it's got to stay on. She also has very good distance on why she was able to even reach some of those holes. Like mm -hmm. 1 and 18 are not easy. No, she was also a, another one that was in the, the FPO uh, Million Dollar Ace Challenge where her AccuDistance is second to none, 
where she's able to put a pin, pin close to pin. And I was very excited. I was on catch cam filming those and she had some of the heaters that were getting close. And if you haven't checked that video out, I would say go check that out. We also have an MPO million dollar shot out there. So go check those two edits out. Heck yeah. Like and subscribe. Share with your friends. And we're going to get on to whole, or round uh, three here. Uh, round three, we had some shakeup in the leaderboard. We actually had Natalie Ryan shooting up the, the leaderboard to a solo first place with a 300 par, 1,013 rated. Um, at six over total, we have Missy Gannon and Kristen Tatar. Seven over, we have um, Valerie Mondahandu, uh Paige Pierce. Eight over par, Rebecca Cox. And once again, hole one playing as the hardest hole in the course. Yeah, this final, this third day before the cut is pretty interesting because Paige falls to Chase Card, and they there was an interview after about how she feels going to Chase Card and what it's like usually battling up to the the people around you. And she she said that she was going to make a statement to to win from Chase Card. Yeah, those statements are always something to you know take polarizing one way or the other but in my mind it shows that she has the confidence that she's still one of the best players in the world and she's able to get it done no matter where she is whether it's lead card or chase card and she's only a few strokes off so it's not like it's a not like it's, it's an undoable task yeah she, and if anybody can do it she's one of the people that can um but getting into that fourth round um we had some pretty good scores and tristan or kristen tatar is actually going to tie natalie ryan at one over par for the event, and we're going to have a playoff. Yeah, those those women really fought. Uh, Paige Pierce ended up coming at a plus two, so sh she would be in third place. She really fought for that uh, first place to finish, but uh, was not able to finish it out. And even uh, Hannah Blumroos had a, an amazing run where her drives from two and three probably matched but that putting it just fell off at the end and it just it couldn't stay together for her to stay up in the top yeah she uh ended up finishing at 10 over total um but once again had some solo birdies out there uh one is specific is uh hole 16 yeah that's an impressive down that's the downhill one that uh if you've ever seen the the kevin ace as well as gavin babcock hit that ace in a tournament so that's pretty sick but, very impressed about them yeah getting back to the the playoff here mm -hmm. i'm sure Paige could have probably found two strokes throughout her round maybe even through that back nine that could have propelled her to a solo win wouldn't you say i'm positive that Paige could have found multiple strokes it's just Maple Hill is not your average course. It is number one for a reason, and it gives you challenges, and it gives you doesn't give you anything always familiar. So there's rolls and kicks that'll happen that you weren't expecting and didn't see before. So Paige is going to fall one short of her goal. However, congratulations. This is a good push on the final day. And going into our playoff at Maple Hill, you play 18 followed by one in a repeating fashion in sudden death form. So the women went back to hole 18, and during the playoff, both got it inside the green for a birdie look. Correct. However, Kristen Tatar was on circle's edge or just outside the circle's edge, and um, Natalie was about bullseye, I would say. Yeah. Uh, Kristen had a good run under putt. However, it was right off the front rim and out, 
And Natalie Ryan is going to get her second win of the season. Yeah, it was a it was a hard fought battle where Kristen said she couldn't have put any more in there. Uh, those those putts and those drives were looking phenomenal, and Natalie just was able to push it out today. Yep, able to come out on top and get her second win of the year. So one other thing, we had an ace in that final round, Alex Benson on hole sixteen. Yeah, that that is a freaking that's a sick ace uh that's that's from the og t-pad that's where uh the old msdgc footage um used to take place the the men now shoot up from the top but the women on the bottom that's a nice one right over the water and it's just clear right into the guts of the cage yeah that would be uh that would be one of the aces that if you hit it you'd probably remember for a while, if not. Oh the yeah, rest of your I life. think that's probably going to be her top ace for a long time. And the fact that it was captured, um, I, I think I saw the disc golf bra repost that. It was really sick to see. That's good on them. All right, you want to give us some player stats for the women, Isaac? Of course. On uh, tee to green, we have El- Elvelina uh, by nine points. On gain putting is going to be Macy Valadias. Also on the the C one gained is Macy Valadias. And C2 is Alexis Mandahano fighting those stats to show her up his sister. So that by nine points is a pretty large margin. Um, so in, in other words, she was throwing the disc very, very incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, probably just struggled a little bit on the putting green. Otherwise, she should have. She would have been up there in contention for the lead. I would say. Yeah, Evelina was also one of those women in the million dollar ace challenge where sh- those those European women can crush. Yeah, she was throwing some bombs out there. She's throwing some bombs and she's freaking smiling while she's doing it. And so, yeah, no surprise that she's at the top of the field. All right, and let's get into the weekend wowzer. You- so we have a, a sweet wowzer for you. This one is going to really encapsulize what Simon's round was like. His, his last round uh, was an amazing 10 down. And that's the, the reason why he pushed himself and propelled himself, I'd say, was I'm going to show you hole 11. Hole 11 is an amazing drive where it just smashes over everybody far past anybody else. So we're going to play that right now. He's on the tee and just pushes this one. Wet conditions and look at it just ride. It's well over my head. Hits this tree, and I, I'm sure it would have gone another 50 feet. Oh, he rolled back into it? It rolled back into it. So now he's stuck in this position where he's still another 300-some feet out. But I think that's the new mind bender. A little patent pending right little there. perfect patent pending right oh underneath the bucket. Goodness. I'm seeing that, and I'm like, I thought he was, I thought he was far away. How do you do that? And then he just finishes the bird. That's a birdie, folks. That right there is how you get a birdie on hole 11 at Maple Hill. Incredible. So with holes like that, there's no surprise. There's no surprise that he won. No, I mean, that was just him feeling confident and just him doing his his usual. So that weekend wowser is is just... I'm, I'm sure I could have found multiple wowsers, but that that was the... 
Incredible. Um, so next up is USDGC, and then followed by Champions Cup. Or no, President or um the 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 Pro Tour Championship. Pro Tour Championship. There it is. Yeah, there's been a lot of golf this season. Too many tournaments. Too many events. Um, we'll be here for the Champions Cup, and we'll be taking USDGC off. But we're gonna make picks for both of them. Um, Isaac, you want to start us off with your USDGC pick? I'm going to pick Ricky Wysocki. Ricky Wysocki. Ricky Wysocki. Why are you picking Ricky? I think he he won GMC. He was uh, close on Maple, but it's a bit... uh, it was a bit a bit rougher for him, so I think he's gonna come back. He's gonna have plenty of rest. He's loves down being down in the area, and I think it's gonna be his game. If not, I think my sleeper is gonna be Chris Clemens. Chris Clemens sleeper. Like sleeper that. pick, Chris Clemens. All right. I'm gonna pick um Calvin Heinberg. I like it. I like it. I think he's due for a win. Uh he's played very well this year overall. And I think if he plays his game, this course sets up well for him. Yeah, I think this course, I, I I was lucky enough to check it out in person last year, and I think it looks a whole lot different than on in person than it does in video. And these, these shots are a whole lot more open, and he's able to sauce his eagle. I'm sure that like he'll be up in the top. Yeah. Not ahead, Ricky. So for the DGGP, I am going to go with Paul McBeth. Um, I think he's salty about not winning the all-star card, tour card. He lost the tour championship or the Mm -hmm. whatever that card was. What do do we call that? Yeah, the all-star card. All-star card. There it is. Thank you. Um, I would say he was probably salty about losing that one to Um, uh, Ricky. I think that's pretty fair. Um. I'm going to go Aaron Gossage. I'm pretty sure he's in, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, got to be in. He's got to be in because last year he just made it in. I remember he was the 32nd pick getting in. I think he's due for a big win, and I think this is going to be his uh, what his well-earned thing at the end of the year. Love it. Love that pick. Uh, personally, big fan of Gossage, so if that one comes true, I'm not going to be mad. Um, but that's it for this episode we thank you for watching like subscribe share and we'll see you on the next one Isaac what do you got for us anything to leave keep banging them chains <laughs>